Hello everyone and welcome to the Lisa Burke Show where each week my guests from Luxembourg and more internationally bring us their wisdom on their life experiences, a whole range of topics, subjects and projects that they're working on. I hope you've all had a wonderful week wherever you're listening from. It's certainly been a tumultuous week again in UK politics, but we'll have more of that in a moment with Sasha Keogh. This week, my guests are Ayano Everling, founder of Body, Mind, Soul in Senningerberg, Alan Wolf, founder of the Hypnosis Institute and managing director of Intellect Institute, and Jennifer Alding, who is founder of the Happy Guts Company. So we're going to have a wonderful show to inspire you for the weekend and hopefully a lifetime ahead. But as always, we're starting with you, Sasha, and a reflection of this week's news. Well, guess what's dominating it? UK politics again. Yes, and I have to preface that by saying we are recording this on Friday morning. Who knows what might happen before the show goes out on Saturday? Well, quite. It's a roller coaster. (laughs) I was thinking um, that British politics have kind of eclipsed uh, other countries. So we used to look at countries like Italy and go, oh, well, their (laughs) politics are just chaotic. They have elections all the time. Oh, well, number one is is the UK, obviously. Yeah, Um, it's also probably eclipsed any soap opera going on in the UK right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably wall-to-wall news. Yes. There's only so much of it I can stomach, actually. Is it? Are you already Um, embarrassed by it? Well, yes, a little bit that. But also, um, I don't like it when it you get it on repeat and you get the same stories coming in. But I always learn a little bit more. Anytime I turn on the radio or the news, I'm getting a different version of the same events. It is actually very interesting. It, it is super interesting, I have to say, as as uh, working in news. Um, yeah. You know, yesterday afternoon, I spent the entire afternoon uh, watching it um, as Liz Truss, the British Prime Minister, as I'm sure everyone is aware, has resigned. Um after 44 days in office. So that makes her the shortest serving prime minister in history. The the last one, uh, who was rather brief, it made me laugh, was in 1827. And I think he lasted just over like 118 days, but he actually died. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, we've had the whole record. Yes. And we've had this wonderful, I've got to say, it's British humour, where we had the comparison between her, you know, reign, let's call it, Compared to the iceberg lettuce. It's, it was spectacular, wasn't it? So I, British tabloids have got a fantastic sense of humour. I know they also ruin people's lives. But this one is just hilarious because they, the Daily Star um, had an iceberg lettuce and uh, with the caption, who's going to last longer? But I have to say, because I read the story, it, it wasn't the Daily Star's idea. It came from, from the, the Economist. Economist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, they compared it. They started it. And then, but the Daily Star uh, basically had a camera on it and put it on YouTube. So it was a live feed followed by more than 20,000 people. And it's quite a laugh because, of course, the iceberg lettuce has outlasted Liz Truss. Um, Whereupon they put a crown on it and and kind of spark. I don't know if you saw the video, they kind of put sparkles in the background. So, yes, uh, people are having a lot of fun. I mean, I know it's... It's a chaos. It's not fun for pe- for you know citizens living in in the UK yeah. who are struggling to pay their bills and are outraged, frankly, by the the political situation. Um, I think a lot of people are learning about politics, <clears throat> about how leaders are chosen, and I think a lot of people are also getting a deep dive into economics. and realising that political decisions have enormous economic effects very suddenly. Yes, that's absolutely true. But I I also feel you don't have to be an economic expert to kind of think, well, how how was this ever going to work? If you have a a whole of £46 billion um, um, by cutting taxes, which was this this trossonomics, this this economic (laughs) theory that her and her treasury, they were working, her chancellor, sorry, were working towards... Um, but if you haven't got that income coming in and you're kind of expecting this trickle-down effect, it doesn't make sense to the ordinary person. So 
Um, it didn't make sense to the financial markets. And that's when politics does have to react, is when, when the financial markets lose their confidence. So uh, I think it's been crash. very interesting. <clears throat> Absolutely interesting. And we can talk a lot more about that. And of course, we're going to continue. I already, all of the, uh, the comments are coming in. I saw Meredith just now. She was looking online and they've got the, should, should this person leave or remain? <laughs> as in the lettuce, you know. So there's a, a whole load of humour ongoing in parallel to the, the seriousness of it. Moving to um, another really serious story and, and quite a surprising one for Luxembourg, we have this awful crime story. Yes, it was shocking, wasn't it? So on, on Monday, um, you know, a man allegedly shot uh, his two neighbours, uh, a man and a, and a woman. So it was a dub- double homicide. Um, and I mean, there were eye- eyewitnesses, but it's it's something we're not used to at all in Luxembourg. Um, we don't know how he came to have a gun. Um, what what were the causes? I mean, how bad could your neighbour dispute be? <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's it was very shocking. And he's seventy four. Yes. Yes, I forgot that. Absolutely. That's that's another thing that they, they were not. It doesn't seem to have been a, a, a gang related or youth crime or anything like that, that we usually pigeonhole these these murders to. So, yeah, um, yeah it was really sad. And, and interestingly, I think also the police then made a statement saying, well, yes, but this the, the crime is, is happening all the time now. It's happening more and more and we're not equipped. We don't have enough people. Um, and they are severely criticising the government for lack of funds, for lack of recruitment, um, saying, you know, Luxembourg is, isn't an island. That was the quote. Uh, you know, the crime is on the up. So yeah, I don't yeah. know if this is a typical crime that is coming to Luxembourg. I think it's still quite very unusual, isn't it? You... In my experience, I think it's incredibly unusual. But um, yeah, as you say, in parallel, we have this other story about the police feeling very overwhelmed with their workload. Um, moving continents now, uh, Qatar and the World Cup. I mean, we've got a couple of stories here. We've got uh, European cities who are going to boycott public viewing because of allegations on human rights and environmental violations. And we've got the amount of money that has been spent by the Qatari government. Yes, people feel very strongly about the World Cup. I mean, I'm not a big football fan, but uh, speaking to, even to Sam on the morning show, he's like, I'm not going to watch it. Uh, I, I've heard this a lot, not just Sam. Uh, people saying they aren't going to watch it. And uh, you won't be able to watch it on big screens across many French cities. And Luxembourg City also said they were boycotting uh, having it on a big screen in the glassy or any viewings. Um, so I think... That is interesting because it's a protest against the um, the allegations of of corruption and human rights. And then on the other side, sorry, you've got Qatar um, uh, showing pictures of these spanking new stadiums of which they've built eight, um, costing billions, really billions. And they say the infrastructure spending in the last 10 years has has come to over $300 billion. uh, So we're talking sums that... I mean, that really could change the world, couldn't it? It really could. I've got uh, numbers here, $6.5 billion on the new stadiums and $36 billion, uh, yeah, for the series of five of the eight venues and a driverless metro system. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it, yes, the driverless metro system as well. So uh, combined, like you say, it's many billions. (laughs) Yes, extraordinary. And, you know, it's, it's, I think... I'm, I'm not sure that it's going to work as a sort of PR exercise for a country like Qatar because, you know, on the one hand, they, they put out uh, pictures of the the hotels where the FIFA officials will be staying. But of course, the press being what it is, they also took pictures of where your ordinary fan might be allowed to stay, which is uh, kind of a tin hut in the desert uh, without air conditioning. <laughs> and, and those will be uh, uh, the future homes for, for migrant workers, they said. So, you know, it's it's a very controversial World Cup. I think that the way they won it was controversial. And now now that it's happening, I think a lot of people will boycott it, and which is a shame for the players and for the countries, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. Well, uh, moving on and uh, to more elections and things that are important to Luxembourgers, um, the very important issue of more foreigners to vote or not. Yes, so Lux- Luxembourg elections are coming up next year and we have not just one, but we have two. So we've got the municipal elections and the parliamentary elections. 
And it's it, it now seems a very gentle process compared to British politics, doesn't it? Because um, uh, Prime Minister Bettel came on RTL uh, radio in an interview and, um, you know, in, in rather sort of more modest terms said, well, I will, I would like to stand if my party elects me to stand for the next election. And, you know, it's, it's, it seems a lot more civilised than uh, British politics at the moment. But um, yes, the interesting thing is, of course, the amount of foreigners uh, um, coming to Luxembourg has increased and also the government has changed the amount, uh, the length of time after which uh, someone coming to Luxembourg can vote. So if people do register to vote, which is the important um, aspect, there will be far more people voting than in the last elections because uh, in the last elections, I think it was like 10 to 20 percent actually uh, foreigners registered to vote. So, um, you know... It, and it's foreigners who have become Luxembourgish, hold the Luxembourgish... Um, well, for municipal elections, you don't need to hold a Luxembourgish passport. You for just the national... Yes, but for the national elections, yeah. I think you do. But of course, yeah. that number has increased massively. And I think this is where some parties see their advantage. So at the moment, we obviously have a coalition between Bettel's party, the Socialist Party and the Green Party. And, and maybe a lot of foreigners quite like... Uh, that those kind of politics. So I suspect that they're really encouraging uh, foreigners to vote and maybe that the more conservative parties um, maybe prefer the status quo a little bit more. <laughs> we will find out. We'll find out. But we I'm do no have time. We do. We're working politics. on a completely different timescale to British politics. So. Yes, exactly. We've got a year. British yeah. politics, they need to elect a leader by next Friday. I know. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's amazing. Uh, and uh, moving to a few stories which are a little bit lighter. And I do love this one. The New Zealand fart tax. It's quite good, isn't it? Marvellous. <laughs> It's I great. Mean, it's, it's, it's environmentally a, friendly. It's quite a serious um, it is. suggestion, it's actually, serious, because yeah. of course animals do produce um, methane, methane mm. and something like thirty percent of the global rise in temperatures is down to uh, beef and uh, sorry, cattle and cows. And of course, New Zealand have. A lot. Oh, millions. <laughs> I, I did write. I did write down twenty-six million sheep and six million cows. So they. Were, so it was the idea of the New Zealand Prime Minister to introduce a fart and burp tax. Yeah. It hasn't gone down very well with farmers. Well, she's very brave to do it because you know, uh, in for many politicians, they don't do what can help the world or the country. They do what can help them to keep in place in power. And so you know, given the number of sheep and. You know, beef, cattle, sorry. You're doing <laughs> you the same now, yes. Yeah. And I'm vegetarian. No, I would have thought this is quite a, a, a brave um, try. Um, but of course, farmers are quite funny. Their placards are quite funny. So it was uh, without farmers, you'll be hungry, naked and sober. <laughs> but the one that I liked was fart tax, what a joke. <laughs> I saw this big placard and I thought that that's that's good. It's, it's really funny. And, um, and then I love the champagne story as well. Well, isn't it very French? So, <laughs> of course, it it most certainly is very French. <laughs> so, um, the French Champagne House, um, Mum, Mum, I'm not quite sure how you how you um, pronounce it, have developed a way that astronauts can drink champagne in space. Um, it's a very important uh, fact or matter, but of course, uh, what's very interesting. So they've they've put a lot of technology into it. So obviously you're not allowed to take a glass bottle and a cork. So they have an aluminium lined bottle. Uh, very difficult um, to do. However, they think they've perfected it. They've really tried hard. But NASA doesn't allow any carbonated drinks um, because I think what go apart from the bubbles or <laughs> how it works in, in, in a space like that, um, astronauts can't digest anything that's carbonated in, in a normal way. Ah, it, this is yes. fascinating. But the Russians do allow their astronauts <laughs> to have a little drink on the International Space Station. And this... this but their, their drinks may not be carbonated. Though, well, exactly. I yeah, imagine it's a little sniff of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> but the French will also allow it. So um, good, good luck to them. I love the idea of an astronaut being able to have a... A tiny. They said it would be a sip of champagne, not, oh, a, not a full glass. Obviously, not with a stem or anything like that. Oh no, 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 no! Because it couldn't be because it would just pop out of the top. The bubbles would come out, <laughs> etc. In zero gravity. Well, 
Sasha, thank you so much for, for leading us into the weekend with a thought of carbonated uh, carbonated grape juice. <laughs> Iceberg lettuces. I know. Um, yes. Yeah. Champagne in space. You get all the top news here. I think it should be the not, not know, news quiz. I know. It, it, well, I know. I'm, even British politics is almost the not news quiz these days. <laughs> well, it is with the, with the lettuce and everything else. Sasha, thank you so much for all of your hard work this week, as always on the Samstein Show. And thank you for being with us on... Oh, my pleasure. I love being here every week. <laughs> Brilliant. The Lisa Burke Show. And now I'm delighted to introduce to you uh, my first guest, who is Ayano Everling, born in Luxembourg to a Luxembourgish father and a Japanese mother. Now, it's been so hard to condense your biography, Ayano. After 12 years of teaching, you took a two-year sabbatical, travelled around the world, so many different countries. You trained in many things, including massage, Reiki, yoga, meditation, so much more, much of which was unplanned. You met the Dalai Lama and took his course for two weeks, which cost only 15 euros. In Borneo, you worked with orangutans. You were deeply impacted by Hawaii, where you learned Lomi Lomi. On to Panama, Mexico, more learning, returning to Luxembourg during COVID because your father was ill. And you've now opened your own practice here in Senningenberg. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank I've been so me. excited to, to find out more about your work and your journey. So my first question to you is, when you're going on a, a trip around the world, to your trip around the world, what do you pack? Wow. At least I can because I have to carry it in my backpack. So I had one pair of socks. I had one pair of shoes, uh, three pairs of underwear, one scarf, one hoodie, two T-shirts, a trouser, a skirt. So very minimal. Very minimal. That's incredible. And what was the impetus to go on this journey? It felt like I had to do it. It felt it was the right thing to do. This life here didn't make sense anymore for some reason. Uh, It just happened. I couldn't see why I would work from Monday to Friday just to pay my bills and because I had to pay my car, my apartment and then wait for Friday, wait for the weekend, being bummed on Sunday and wait for holidays. It didn't make any sense. And I had a lot of passion with my job as a teacher, but it started to fade away. And when I noticed that, I could feel it in my body, literally. I was always drained, tired. Um, I was not so reactive anymore. So I decided, okay, I need a break. And then I went to Nepal. And then when I came back, it's just I didn't understand all this I don't know. The life that we end up living in. Yes, and it's it's so mechanical and routine and you're not in the being anymore. You're just doing, doing, doing. So a few weeks after that, I wrote my letter of, okay, I, I need two years off and then that was it. And it wasn't a planned journey. You, no, you, not at all. You did it just by feeling your way through things. Yeah. So talk us through parts of the journey. The journey is too long to explore in full. <laughs> parts of the, the highlights of the journey and what you learned along the way. So I would say it was a journey through myself. In traveling through the countries, I traveled through me and I did a lot of work on myself and discovered parts of myself that I didn't even know were there. You had one experience I know in Cambodia where another family took care of you. Yeah, I have plenty of these. So I was always relying on myself until I understood that I could rely on anyone because the universe always provides. So, um, yeah, I... I got sick, I don't know what I had, and um, I got up in the middle of the night and I felt so not good and misaligned and I had hives everywhere, so I sort of crawled out of my hut and it was in the middle of the night, so I thought, okay, this is it, you're going to die because no one is here. 
And there was this guy outside doing I don't know what. And he saw me and I didn't have the strength even to talk. So he called someone who called a tuk-tuk. And this tuk-tuk took me to a hospital-ish, which was a big room filled with beds and people. And I couldn't. I couldn't explain what I had. I didn't even know. So they put me on something. And then I was there for five days. And there are no nurses, nothing. No one comes to look after you just maybe once a day. So there was a family lying, a father lying next to me. And his family would visit <coughs> him every day and bring him food and bring him water. So they saw me right away and um, my gosh, <laughs> I'm getting very emotional because, yeah, and they, they had nothing and they brought me food. They shared the little things they had, they shared with me and the importance of just having someone to give you water is just so profound and so I'm filled with gratitude of how, when you can allow it, how people are there to help you and to support you if you can allow it. That's a, a beautiful story. And I think you have so many of these stories. I'd love you to tell us a little bit about all of the different experiences that you learned along the way. And by that, I mean the Reiki, the meditation, the Lomi Lomi in Hawaii. What is Lomi Lomi? So Lomi Lomi That's also um, a funny story. I was working on a farm, so woofing it's called. Um, I lived there for three months and it was a coffee farm and a fruit farm. And then we would go two times a week um, on a market and sell it. And uh, I immediately noticed a woman uh, having a stand across of ours And she came to me the second time she saw me and she said, I feel you and I know we had to meet. And I immediately felt drawn to her. So she was a kahuna. A kahuna in Hawaii is like a shaman healer. And uh, they are ancient medicine women. And so she took me on to teach me the shamanic healing in Hawaii, which is Lomi Lomi. So And yeah. what 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 does that mean? How do you heal people? So I work it's body work, somatic work. I work on the energy of the body, moving the chi or the prana, whatever you want to call it. And then I work on energy blockages as well as physical blockages, emotional blockages, mental blockages to harmonize the body and to provide the strength for the body to heal itself and for things to come up on the surface because it's only when it's up on the surface that you can look at it and work with it. I think it's very interesting. You've called your company Mind, Body, Soul and most of us have seen in, in recent years and uh, the last decade or two that there is a much greater connection between our mind and our bodies than we allowed ourselves to think, oh, perhaps. Absolutely, it's all connected. It's intertwined. Yeah. And, and just moving on then, connect to that. You find that nature and being in nature is incredibly important for our healing as well, which of course has been proven as well. Yeah, yeah. In Japan, actually, it's part of... Um, medical advice to go in the forest and let the forest heal you, meaning the energy of the ground. Um, I could go scientifically about that, but I'm not going. So could I, <laughs> but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's absorbed by the body, the energies of the trees, everything. We are nature. We are part of nature. Nature is part of us. And I think in our everyday lives we tend to forget that so oftentimes we feel disconnected we are so connected with technology the phone and but this is not real mm -hmm. this is material and we forget to connect with who we are with what we are and what we share and this is mother earth 
So, and another part of this this lovely world that you live in and create for other people to experience as well is music. Music is very important yeah. to you. Well, it is for me. Like, move music is a flow of movement. It flows through me. It flows through everything. Everything is frequency. So music, of course, vibrates inside of you. And um, that's why I do sound healing and I work with tuning forks. I work with singing bowls. And also during my world travels, I it's just music has been such an important part of my journey. Um, you know, a bus ride. I've done a million hours of bus rides and it could be boring, but because of my music it was just I was there every second taking it all in and there are so many things I forgot but when I hear that music again it puts me right back there and in that energy field actually. And you can remember it so well because it's a sensation that brings you back Uh, and just uh, finally really I'd like you to talk to us about this phrase that you have you like a life guided by synchronicity and when you were traveling you had to unlearn who you were in order to become yourself again so talk us through that process i know you had to go away to do it and perhaps everybody would have to go away to do it but can you give us some more simple steps that we could just introduce into our lives to to think about who we are inside ourselves yeah so i think it's all about feeling It's all about trusting that the answers are within. You don't have to look outside of yourself. You know. And, you know, the first brain, now there's been so many scientific studies, the first brain is the gut. The second brain is the heart. Well, we'll be talking about it. (laughs) Yeah. So exactly, right? And it's about listening to your gut, listening to your intuition. If you can tap into that and then just sit with the moments in between, meaning the moments in between your breath, the moments in between your thought, the moment in between what you think you think if that makes sense is where you feel and you know so my journey has been led only through that in the beginning I was in doing okay I want to go here I want to visit this wow this sounds amazing but it drained me and then I got to meditation and practice still do practice this every morning I meditate for one hour sometimes in the evening I do meditate for half an hour depending on how I feel but this really grounds me into my body and remembers me who and what I am I am much more than my body I am more than my emotions I am more than what I think so it puts things into different perspective and you become insignificant and also you are so significant at the same time because you're part of a whole you are never empty you are always whole well following on from that before you've given me the perfect transition actually to (laughs) jennifer but just before we move to jennifer i have to ask you what was your experience with the dalai lama like it was it was something else um I'm not a groupie or it was not planned. I didn't want to go see him. It was just I was in India and he I was in the north of India and he was there. His monastery was there and I heard that he would give a teaching. He does this every year for the Tibetan people. And I was staying in a Tibetan guest house at that time. And the lady who owned the guest house told me, well, I'm sure, well, we had a strong connection because I felt also from the beginning, I must have been a Tibetan before in a previous life because this connection is so strong. And she said the same to me. So she said, let me take you along to his teaching and... It was so profound because I've just 
Before that, I've done so much work of inner grief and letting go parts of me and letting go the idea of who I was. And yeah, this work was just so aligned with meeting him and listening to his teachings. And it it just went through me like washing me with all the letting go work that I have done just weeks previous. Ayanna, thank you so much for telling us only part of your story. I know you're going to stay here for the rest of the show and you did give me the perfect link (laughs) to Jennifer Alding, uh, who is the founder and owner of the Happy Guts Company in Luxembourg, specialising in organic probiotic beverages and condiments produced in Luxembourg. And the company started in 2018 with the mission to give everyone everywhere a happier gut. Jennifer is British Chinese with a background in finance and banking, finance and banking. And she describes herself as an aficionado of all things fermented or just good food and wine in general. And you spend a lot of time cooking and eating with family and friends. Now, she's also very, very special because she has a Vimarana, like me, from the same breeder. So we, we, are, we are dog family, in fact. Yes, we are. We definitely are. <laughs> well, I mean, there we go. The gut is another brain of the body. Yes, definitely it is. I think uh, there are so many research now to actually show the correlation between gut health and mental health, which is something that I'm very passionate about, right? And um, there is now a scientific fact. Everybody knows there's a correlation between uh, poor gut health and depression, anxiety, and how important it is to improve your microbiome in order to have a better head up there. Um, So... What we're trying to do is really basically encourage people to eat well, exercise, get out in the nature, as Ayano just mentioned, and um, spending time, really take some time out to actually look after yourself. And that's one of the purpose of our company, that not just produce and distribute, that we're also trying to provide um, almost an educational service to uh, to the public, you know, just to get the message out there how important gut health really is. Well, it's again one of those things that's been more and more spoken about, seen on all sorts of various social media streams. For anybody who might not know what we're talking about, (laughs) can you give us some examples of this fermented food? So basically, okay, let's get started with uh, gut health. Um, So gut essentially is where our intestines, everything is. And, you know, it's also called microbiota. So where uh, trillions of bacteria, yeast and fungi live, there are more bacteria, fungi and yeast in your gut than your than the cells in your body. And so imagine your gut is a garden and the probiotic will be the seeds, seeds of flowers, vegetables and prebiotics. So here is the is the soil. So probiotic is the products that we that we actually produce. So all the fermented goods. Uh, we are talking about kombucha, we're talking about kefir, we're talking about uh, kimchi, sauerkraut. All the things have naturally occurring good bacteria. That's good probiotics. That's the seeds for for the microbiota of garden. And then the prebiotics are the fiber. I'm talking about good quality fiber. I'm talking about vegetables, fruits, whole grains, seeds, nuts, all the things that you're supposed to eat every day. Now that's something that's very very basic things. Now thinking about um, thinking about we are talking about mental health and happiness here that the actually uh, microbiota your gut is actually your second brain so serotonin the feel good uh, hormone is actually generated produced in your gut so when when Ayano just said when you have that gut feeling that you know that you feel stressed that there's something just twisted in your gut and you start feeling stressed and there's a reason for that there's a neurotransmitter between your gut and your and your and your brain. And then that's why it's so important to actually take care of your gut. And I mean, this is a that's medicine. The biggest that, nerve, right? That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and and for the recipes that you're talking about, these have been around a long time. It has been around for a long time, but I think uh, when people first talk about gut health, everybody just think about IBS, uh, your digestion. Um, how, you know, whether you can, you know, your bowel movement and, you know, simple things like that. But people don't actually uh, realize is that how healthy your gut is not just about what you eat, it's how well your body can metabolize the nutrients that you put into your body, which is fundamental to your overall health. 
both physical and mental. So you can eat a very, very good diet, but if you don't really have a healthy gut, then you can't really metabolize what you actually put into it. Can you tell us what kimchi and kefir is for those again who may not okay, know? Okay, so basically we have three main category of products. So one's kombucha. Kombucha essentially is fermented tea that we use a special culture called SCOBY, symbiotic uh, culture of bacteria and yeast. And so uh, sugar tea is actually brewed in it. And then during the fermentation process, it transforms into acid and gas. So it's a slightly carbonated, uh, naturally carbonated drinks. And we don't actually do any other forced carbonation. So I think Sasha may... Uh, I'm thinking of this champagne I'm, story I think maybe, here. <laughs> maybe one day that the, 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 they, can, they can drink kombucha in the space <laughs> on the happy guts. We never know. And so, um, and then, so kefir is actually, essentially we do vegan kefir. So the, uh, the kefir normally you find in supermarket, uh, they're actually made with milk, but ours is actually made with water and sugar and with uh, um, uh, kefir grains, so vegan water kefir grains. And, so, and then kombu- uh, so kimchi essentially is a fermented, naturally fermented uh, Korean condiment. So, and we try to work with local producers as much as we can because we're a Luxembourg-based producer and we try to work with local growers. And all of our products are made with naturally um, uh, natural ingredients. So, for instance, our uh, kefir tonics, uh, the, 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 one of the best sellers, turmeric and ginger. We don't use any powder. We don't use colorant. We actually use real um, turmeric and ginger in the, for the process. And for our kimchi as well, everything is handcrafted. We actually hand cut everything and we actually source all our ingredients locally. For instance, like uh, two days ago, we just made 100 kilos of kimchi and everything came from came from. Um, a local grower from Collabor. But we can't get the turmeric and the ginger locally. Oh, we yes, can't you can grow ginger. I grow ginger in my garden. <clears throat> you can, and uh, but we, as we said, we try to do as much as we can, uh, as locally as we can. So the things we can't, we actually try to uh, use the best in, best quality possible yeah. to make sure the end products are actually just right. And where can people get these products? Uh, so actually we are quite well distributed now. You can find us everywhere uh, in Delhi's, uh, in Naturata, uh, in Post Centre, in Delhi Tata. We're in different restaurants and bars, uh, different cafes. So we are quite well distributed and I think we can we can still go a bit better as well. Oh, well, it's wonderful that you're you're there at the forefront. As you walk your Vimarana, you are the Happy Guts Company talking about gut health and mental health and exercise and everything. But And, and also, of course, you're bringing into this the sustainability part of yeah. food. That's right. And I think one of the things that I'm very passionate about and that I get asked very often is that which food is the best for your gut? And uh, what is a superfood for the gut? Now, the thing is that I think where there is a trend, there that then becomes a fad. And actually, fermented goods actually become so popular in the past few years that there's so many other kombuchas or kefir similar products out there actually doesn't have any probiotic in it at all. So I think one of the things about food is that what I really look for, uh, what I personally always promote is diversity. Try to eat a diverse diet. I mean, I think one thing that we never get enough in our diet is fresh vegetables and fruit. And actually, if you can get more than 30 different types of plants into your diet every week, that's a good start. (laughs) And I think... The thing is that everybody says, oh, you know, uh, avocado is the superfood, almond is the superfood. But I think if you go down uh, to Terra or go down to Colabo in Luxembourg, a lot of farms or uh, Kraugard or Naturata, you can actually find so many different types of seasonal uh, vegetables and fruit. Try to incorporate this into your daily diet. And that is the super diet. And that's what I call the gut diet. Well, if we could all have your level of energy, you're obviously doing something very, very right. (laughs) You're like your powerhouse of energy coming in here this morning. Uh, Well, thank you so much. We'll all be looking out for those. And now turning to you, Alan, you're the the sole male here amongst us. Alan Wolf, um, you started your life. Well, I mean, you are actually the first person I've ever met who was a horseshoe maker. Uh Yeah. So you started your life as a horseshoe maker, but... The physical exertion was so severe that it resulted in several slipped discs. This plus many other factors in your life led to a burnout in 2007. And in order to figure out why, you trained in NLP, systemic coaching, wing wave, equine assisted coaching and sophrology. And you trained with other people. And I know that in 2013, a very special mentor of yours, Martin Strauss, who was the founder of Intellect Institute and the inventor of Life Puzzle Pro, was very important in your life. 
and you started working in hypnosis as an instructor in 2015. You founded your own Hypnosis Institute in 2021. You train doctors, medical staff and private people and you're going to expand all of this expertise to schools and other public institutions. Well, welcome Alain. Thank you. I have to ask you first of all, what is Wingwave? Oh, Wingwave is, um, I mean, we work with a uh, REM, uh, with the rapid eye movement. So we, we do that in front of the client. So the eyes go like left and right, left and right. And this, um, this can uh, help to, um, uh, to get issues uh, quickly. I mean... Um, to leave the body to yeah, disappear. Yeah, leave the body to disappear, yeah. Well, now, uh, n- then let's just move directly to hypnosis. Yeah. <laughs> Convince me that it works. Oh, convince me that it works. Um, I need to say it works if you want it to work. And if you uh, let yourself uh, guide by, by someone, otherwise it, w- it wouldn't work. So it's uh, not like uh, you see on shows. Uh, it still works, yeah. But uh, the, the show, and, um, the hypnotist on the scene, he, he um, chooses the right person for this. Uh, when people come to my office, I mean, they want it to happen. So it happens. If you don't want it to happen, it doesn't happen. And what's the process? What, how do you help people? Okay, so, um, well, we, what, what we do is um, we create like some other kind of um, state of mind, uh, which can help us to get solutions, like you said, Ayana. So uh, we, the solution is within us, but it's some issue, and we, 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 um, we try to, to, um, to get that issue um, to, to disappear that this issue and, um, and um, to improve the, yeah, uh, the solution which is within you. So it's just another kind of um, yeah, thinking and uh, state of mind which helps us to do so. And in fact, there are many different types of hip- hypnosis. Mm-hmm. You, we've got street hypnosis, therapeutic hypnosis, forensic hypnosis. Talk us through the various types that we have. Well, the goal is a different one. I mean, if I do some show, I want to uh, to uh, have something to to make laugh and then uh, to have some fun. But it's not the same for a therapeutical therapeutic uh, hypnosis. Um, then people come because they have some issue or they want to improve. And this is another another goal to achieve. Um, then you have the the medical hypnosis. Um, they they might uh, use hypnosis for um, to for surgery, for example. You know they can they can use hypnosis instead of anesthetics. Wow, <laughs> that's what I teach uh, in the, for medical stuff. So they can use hypnosis for this. And how uh, would that work? Just give me an example of how you would talk to a patient so that they could undergo surgery without needing anesthetic. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it's. Uh, we lead the person uh, by uh, using some techniques and um, to let the conscious mind like go in a like going to the backyard and the subconscious mind going in front. So in this state of mind, people still um, see what happens or they, well, they feel what happens. They can, they can hear everything, but um, they don't give a, you're, you're sort of, what it seems to me, I mean, I, I feel like I would be a very difficult person to, to hypnotize. Ah, you think so? I do think so. I do think so because, um, I mean, in the same way, I find it hard probably to have a silent mind. I mean, I don't have a silent mind, but I'm thinking this is quite connected to meditation in a way. Well, you, you can still think. I mean, if you're in this state of mind, it's not just like being uh, 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 nowhere. I mean, there's, there may be some thoughts. But it doesn't make so. You, you think about things that don't make sense. So uh, it's just to to get the, um, the to change the the kind of um, of the the subconscious mind to get that in uh, in place and and use it, which is um, working hardly when we uh, when we sleep. So it's a different kind of of brain uh, functions. Brainwave. Right? Yeah, brainwave. And I have here as well that uh, this particular areas that interest you when it comes to hypnosis. Yeah. And I've got a list of three here. Uh-huh. The first being increasing success. Yes. So you release blocks to success. Yes. Talk us through that one. I mean, yes. this is actually very connected to what you do, Ayano. Yeah. 
so during my treatments, I put the brain in a different brain wave state. Yeah. So theta is the state of deep meditation, hypnosis. It might be similar, yes. Lucid dreaming. So mm. it's all connected. Yeah, every, yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, it is. And you, sorry to interrupt. Uh, no, you, no, but no. You, you access a different, you, a higher consciousness, mm -hmm. higher or deeper, depending, and also both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you might have some some uh, clients. Uh, they um, they could they know that they could do better, but there's something holding them back. So I mean, I I know people. They they are afraid to to ask money for their for their things they they do or they sell, and uh, this is a blockage. I mean, uh, or they are afraid of flying, and maybe they need to fly every week, and this is a, a, a big issue for them. Mm -hmm. And hypnosis, I mean, in the press for a long time has been associated with helping people to stop smoking, for example. Yes, I don't do that anymore because, uh, well, it's not my... I mean, I, I want to go to different fields, to other things. Uh, I mean, I did that in the time. So now it's more like uh, these three kind of things that I want to, to work on. The first being success, the second being sexuality. Yeah, sexuality is a big issue at uh, these times. I mean... Uh, a uh, lot of people don't don't live their sexuality in a, in a good way, and I want them to to feel better and uh, to improve better and to yeah to live this better. And the third uh, is charisma and radiance. Yeah, that's uh, also the kind of how I am attracting things that depends on on me. <coughs> so, uh, and right. this is um, I mean you you, may, you might have some some people and. Just by seeing them, you, you think that, wow, wow, this one's a, wow, I mean, it's great. And you don't know why, but it's just like a, a feeling that you, you get. And the other one, you don't even see him. And, maybe, and, and that's what I, I want to, to help people to, to be their best that they can be. But how is that related to hypnosis? Because that could be all sorts of various things. It could be just counseling, it could just be talking to somebody. Well, uh, hypnosis is, the, um, for me, it's the key to get there. And it's very helpful because hypnosis is very fast. I I love it when it uh, when there is fast changing, uh, and uh, and for me it's the one of the best techniques to use. I mean, you're all. I mean, the, the wonderful thing about having you all here together is you're all working in similar but different ways. Yes. You're all working with different parts mm. of of it the is. brain or the gut brain, as mm. you say. But I also have to ask you to tell us more about Martin Strauss and uh, what is intellect. Well, Martin Strauss, uh, he was a teacher and uh, he passed away three, three years ago. And he was for me so also like a mentor and I learned a lot of him. And uh, he, um, well, he knew a lot of, um, of behaviorism. And he did that tool, uh, which is based on pictures, but all these pictures have means, meanings. And uh, by using this tool, I can explain quickly why you are in that kind of situation, why you behave like that, and why you can't change it. I mean, we know about that, I'm afraid of flying, but I can't change it, and I don't know why it is. And um, this is a, a tool I use in my, in my office already in the beginning to, to uh, explain people why they are in that, uh, uh, in that situation. And this, the understanding, it's already uh, an opener, it's already a path to, for changing. And he was also the inventor of Life Puzzle Pro. Yeah, this is the tool that, that I use. So the, the tool is called Life Puzzle Pro. It's a life strategy uh, tool. Can you walk us through a little bit of it? Yeah, that's, um, well, yeah, if you can, you can um, if I would explain it like this, you, you see a picture like a, a, um, like a computer, uh, which means, okay, that's a system. And uh, information comes into the system. And, well, our information comes by seeing, hearing, well, the senses. But they pass through filters, the filter of, um, of experiences and beliefs. And, um, and uh, depending on my experiences and my beliefs, there is an outcome. And if I have the belief that I'm not um, allowed to be uh, famous, I will never be. And maybe because my grandfather was not allowed to be famous, maybe I got that, yeah. that issue. And I can't do anything about it, so, because it doesn't make sense to have it. And that's what I uh, explain by using this tool. 
And it's very easy because I, I mean, I can explain it as well uh, to children as someone else. So it's easy to understand. I really love the way that you both really do work with people in different but similar ways mm. and that, that your work and everything that you've learned around the world is actually highly linked to hypnosis, it sounds like. It is. It totally is. It's accessing all the knowledge that you already have within and remove the blockages so you can be your fully potential self and live it without fear, without judgment, without mm. anything and allowing this vulnerability to live through you, to breathe through you is actually where your strength is. I mean, shamans, they used hypnosis pff, like a thousand Forever. years ago, I don't yes. know, but they yeah. didn't call it like that. No. I mean, some, in, a, in a way, uh, James Red, he gave it the name, but yes. we can name it differently. Yes. Yeah. It's just a state of mind. I think one of the great things is that um, I think Lisa was asking me what I'm passionate about. I always say exercise because exercise is so important to repopulate your microbiota mm. and yeah. help, the, uh, help the diversity of your gut. But when I talk about exercise, I don't just mean physical exercise. I mean mental exercise. Yes. And I think actually if I can recommend anybody who can do every day is to do self-hypnosis. Mm. And that's actually a very good relaxing technique. I mean, if you and meditate, actually, you actually help you meditation. To, you actually yeah. help you. Yeah, exactly. Meditation it's meditation. It's actually hypnosis. get your body into yeah. a deep relaxation state mm. and help your muscle to relax and help your gut microbiome to regenerate. And that's something if anybody can learn how to do, that's another mental exercise you can do at home. Well, give us a few tips. How do we do that then? Well, I teach people to get there, but uh, it's quite it's quite easy. I mean, if you just um, uh, close your eyes and you imagine being in another place, in another place, like uh, your last holiday trip, and you have been on a beach and you felt very good. I mean, you can be in that place, but by thinking about it, and this is also this is already a kind of hypnosis yeah. because mm -hmm. it it brings you to another kind of thinking, another kind of feeling, and that's it. I find the breath also. So I also do breath work mm -hmm. when combined when I teach meditation. Mm -hmm. Just being in your breath and following your breath is also traveling. Yeah. You mm -hmm. travel somewhere, whether it's in your body or somewhere else. When you follow that breath, it calms you down immediately. It connects you through the vagus nerve with your gut. That's right. Your yeah. brain cells get activated. Your theta frequency get activated. And that's also self-hypnosis. And one of the great things that I personally really enjoy doing is the infrared sauna blanket. And I tend to use that a few, a few times a week, um, 30 minutes each time. And I use the technique those uh, Alain and um, Ayano just mentioned uh, during the 30 minutes. And that, that kind of relax your body and re you know, help your muscle to get rid of all the pain that you get from the physical exercise, the stress that you get from daily daily life. Do you have your own infrared sauna blanket? I do. <laughs> this is amazing. Do you have your own ice bath? Question. I'm, yeah. I'm so impressed by all of you. But I, I, my big question, of course, is everybody says they're too busy to do this and it, all this self-care. And I immediately, my was like, when would you do this? When do you meditate? When, you know, <laughs> well, at what point in the day do you, can you take out time for yourself? Anytime, really. I mean, you, you wouldn't go without your phone being on empty charge. You would charge it. So if you can do that, if you can take that responsibility, you can take it for yourself because your body ultimately is your home, is where you live in. So you can take 10 minutes in the car when you are doing groceries and you stand in the line, when you sit in the car and there's traffic, when you come home. And if you find that difficult, just put a reminder on your phone. You have such a huge to-do list in an every day. So just put it on that to-do list. And then it's something, you know, after a few days, a few weeks, it just becomes so necessary to your body. It will ask it from you. And there's some wonderful apps there to help with this as well as well yeah and it's not about the the length no it's just about i mean i can it's quality like over seconds just and really? within yeah. yeah and within this short of a time i i get some some energy or whatever i need 
I ask it. And I wanted to ask you as well, Sasha, because your daughter is a nutritionist, what you have been, you know, actually literally hearing at home from Martha, you know, when you I'm hear about... I'm learning a lot. And yes, she, she says exactly um, the, the same kind of thing. And, 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 and it's this connection between your gut and your mind and mind is so strong. And um, yeah, I've been learning because uh, she's moved back home. And so where she eats only vegan food and I'm learning all about kombucha and... Uh, yeah, it's the diet. I mean, like it's 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 a habit that you need to learn, probably rather habit, like self care. Yeah, and I imagine that um, putting yourself into hypnosis, uh, that must also be something that you can learn, isn't yes. it? Yeah. You can learn. I just yes. feel very distant from all these things. I think it's all about consumptions, and you choose what you consume, whether it be food, the people you are mm-hmm. sharing your energy with. Mm-hmm. The social media feed, I mean, if you can find 15 minutes to scroll through your Instagram or watch <laughs> yes, TV, right. some nonsense show, you can choose actually to sit with yourself or use an app like you said, Lisa, or like you said, you know, just imagine you are somewhere and you don't need to watch TV. You can create your own TV in your mind and then you know, you feel more energized and you feel more compelled to use healthier ways of living. I think there is a there is a, something that people don't realize actually really disturb your the well-being of your gut. Even when you eat very well, it's stress. Mm. Oh, I think most of us feel it. Yeah, I think I think we can all feel it. But I, you know, as Ayano said, I think it's it's about habit. It's about discipline and practice. So I think if you can get yourself get into the habit or give yourself even just 10, 15 minutes every day to get into that self-meditative state or whether it's physical exercise or mental exercise, just do it. And we're also talking about all of this is linked to rest. So how important is sleep? in Absolutely important. important. Sleep is so important. That's why meditative state is really, really important for you because that truly relaxes your mind. Because I think sometimes in order to have good sleep, you need to quiet your mind and put your body in a relaxed state. And that's how you can have a good night's sleep. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And then so that you don't feel so anxious and tired afterwards. I also want to mention that meditation doesn't have to be sitting quietly and do nothing. I mean, you can run and be in a meditative state. You can do yoga. When I teach, when I do my yoga classes, my students always tell me I just went through one hour and a half meditation and they, the body was in the movement, but they were just following the breath, like running. For me, running is like I'm meditating, yeah. but I'm moving my body and I just got from A to B. I just don't know how yeah. because I was somewhere else and all these stress hormones got released and my body got filled with endorphins and oxytocin and and all of the the good things to send us on a wonderful weekend and then you show up in a better way for other people because we ultimately we all connected so the way i show up in the world reflects on others and they show up better for other people and that's how everything is related and that's also where i feel everyone has it as a responsibility to be their best self to feel their best selves so they can impact that onto others Mm. and this is how we can make this world a happier more aligned place have we any final thoughts on that and I think the, one of the important things is that uh, what I always say is that, you know, apart from physical exercise, mental exercise is a practice of gratitude. Um, and I think that's something that really, really important uh, as, a, as a daily yeah. meditative state, it, that you'll be grateful for everything that you have, whether that, whether, even when you're stuck in a traffic jam. Um, and, you know, whether it's a, <laughs> use whether that it's, time you know, whether it's a really bad day, yeah. because I think starting stuck in a traffic jam, you can actually use this opportunity exactly. to have... A minute of peace, an, an oasis of peace in your car, and that's how how I always feel that way. That that, that you know, in order to feel better from within, this sense of gratitude mm. need to be become a daily practice. And you I can choose that. You can. You can. I mean, and it's a choice. It is a mental. Yeah. It's it is mental exercise. Like coming here, you know, people could feel nervous or apprehensive, like we talked about before the show. 
But that's a state of mind. And then you are up here worrying and having all these fantasy ideas. Oh, there's nothing to be nervous about. Exactly. <laughs> there's nothing to be nervous about because what can happen? Nothing. So when you can switch, like you say, you switch from fear and nervousness to gratitude, to being present in the moment, grounded in your body, that shift alone makes everything so joyous and simple and just you appreciate everything and when your heart is filled with gratitude you just radiate that energy and yeah. remove yeah. the blockages and anything is possible then Well, thank you all so much for, for giving us an uplifting, an uplifting show where we've learned so much about how to look after ourselves, our gut health, our whole bodies. I'm going to be walking with my Vimarana in the forest, uh, probably quite soon, actually, if she hasn't eaten another one of my shoes. <laughs> Just remember to be grateful. You didn't want those shoes anyway. <laughs> Chance to get a new pair. Yes. Oh my goodness, I know it's not very sustainably friendly. I tried to fix them, but then she breaks the fixed one. <laughs> I know, I know, I need to fix all of this. Thank you so much. I'm going to really, really try harder uh, and do all of the things that you suggest so that we can all, so that I can show up better for other people at all times. It's been a delight. And uh, for all of you wonderful listeners, I wish you all a fantastic weekend. As always, if you have any ideas, you can reach me on social media, on email, so many options these days but don't spend too much time scrolling on the social media of course you can use that time for yourself and you can just meditate for a few moments and, and have that moment of gratitude in your day I'm exactly. wishing you all a fantastic weekend mm -hmm.